I feel the need. The, the need, need for, for speed. speed. You got to say that cooler. What? You're I just mean, like the need for speed. That's not how I said it. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that's not how I said <laughs> it. I'm being a The need for speed. Whatever. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, Eddie, you got to do yours also. Yeah. What happened? Do it, Eddie. What? Do you what? feel the need? Oh, I feel the need. I feel the need for speed. Yeah. And that's how you deliver a line. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> whatever. Listen, take me to bed or lose me forever, okay? Hold my hand and take my breath away because we're going to fly into the danger zone tonight when we're talking about 1986's Top Gun and 2022's Top Gun Maverick. Woo! Mm-hmm. I love it. Pew, pew, pew. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. Nice sound effect, Eddie. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Uh, it's June 1st when we are recording this, and we're super excited. And I just want to wish everybody a happy Pride Month because mm. we celebrate. So before we get into this week's episode, me and Rolando will be having a booth at a Hudson Pride event happening in Hoboken, New Jersey, this Sunday, June 5th. We'll be there from 3 to 5, and it will be followed by a presentation of LGBTQIA films, uh, mm-hmm. short films, and I think there will even be a Q&A with a director. So if you want to meet us in person, you know, you should definitely stop by our booth. We might have some cool merch for you, and yeah. Uh, just, yeah, just come say hi, because we want to say hi. So, yeah, this Sunday, June 5th, Hoboken Historical Museum, later that afternoon from 3 to 5. You'll find details in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, it's just a way to kick off this month with um, a possible closeted movie star. <laughs> wow. <he> just <laughs> just, gonna, just go there. there originally. I mean, whether or not he's gay or straight or crazy, whatever, guy knows how to I, do action movies. Uh, yeah, I think we could yeah, all agree. Yeah. Crazy. And great skin. I think yeah. it's great skin. And good skin. He's aged pretty fucking well, too. Uh, I mean, a lot better than his ex-wife, I'll say that mm. much. Well, he didn't touch his face, which is why it's impressive. Um, I think he has definitely touched his face, but... It doesn't very, look apparent on him, then. Very subtly. Yeah, well, then good for him. He subtly he... touched his face. <laughs> Not obviously like Nicole Kidman. Right. Um, But, you know, we're doing it. We're doing Top Gun, one of the biggest movies of the year. And in honor of that, I think that we should kick this episode off while talking about what our call signs would be if we were in the U.S. Naval Air Force whatever thing program, Top Gun. Now, does your call sign have to have, like, significance behind yes. it? Because there was a guy named Rooster, so what does that mean? That well, the significance of that was that he was he the son a big of cock. Goose. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> He was the son of Goose, oh. so it's another, like, bird. That's who I, uh, Or Goose. What's the fucking thing with Goose? Yeah, I don't know. So some of them have significance. Others don't. A lot of them did, like, you know, if you get the backstory behind it, it seems to. It's supposed to be kind of like you earned this nickname for a reason. Yeah. Some yeah, of the, the backstory the astronauts do it. Yeah. The astronauts do it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. So. The astronauts. Oh. Yeah. Like, okay. There was a whole Big Bang Theory episode about this. I didn't see that one, I guess. (laughs) Now I'm trying to think of what my call sign would be. Well, that's the thing. Actually, most of the time, I think people assign you call signs, but I'll let you say your own, and then I'm going to assign you guys call signs. I don't have one. I never had one. I I didn't think of one. Uh, 
Eddie, do you have one? Oh, yeah. What's yours? The librarian. Because I like it quiet. Librarian. I like being in places with books. <laughs> and I like to read. Okay. The librarian. I mean, quiet is not the place to be if you're in the uh, Top Gun, you know, world. But it doesn't what go that way. Navy doesn't pilots? go that way. <laughs> uh, Nicole, what's yours? Uh, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty one dimensional, so it would be film related. Uh, it would either be like uh, Spielberg <laughs> or like, you know, camera dude. Or I'm just trying okay. to think of like what naval officers would go, go for. Uh, it does say camera dude would be too too much text on the helmet. Or just camera, maybe. Um, okay. Or but just you're not, like celluloid. Which is funny because you're not, you're not, okay, maybe that's a little, that's a thinker. Yeah, celluloid would be probably mine. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. But you can assign uh, me one if you want. I also don't have, I don't think I'm trying to, yeah. cat lady. <laughs> Spinster. Um, all right. Well, I got one. I got, I got one. Let me hear it. For Nicole. Nicole. Enigma. Because she likes mysteries. Ooh. Okay. She likes mysteries and she lives her life like a mystery. See, Eddie is like uh playing this fucking game right now and i love it okay yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so mine for you guys is for eddie i was thinking wizard because he loves fantasy oh okay that's cute and wizard. there was actually a character named warlock and i was like maybe i'll call him warlock, yes but, but i love that wizard. too I was, that's a good was, call sign yeah i was a good call sign i was just like okay. what did he do to earn that right yes those are cute and then for Rolando, I would call you Binder because you're a very organized person and you like to utilize binders for everything. And that's how you kind of like stay on top of things. So I'd call you okay. Binder. All right. I do. I do love a good binder, to be quite honest. Yes, he does. So, so and it's just yeah. like, you know, it's like this guy's organized. This guy's got his shit together, you know. So, OK. Yeah. OK. So, and you called me cat lady. <laughs> I called you <laughs> cat lady. <laughs> Way to go. As a term of endearment, though, you know, <laughs> uh, you should you guys should email us or comment on our Instagram and tell us what you think our call signs are or your own if you have a call sign. And we're doing this because we're talking about the call sign of Maverick, Pete Mitchell, who is the main character in the 1986 film Top Gun and the long awaited sequel Top Gun Maverick. Mm hmm. Um, I just I love that R- Rolando's got a fan going on right now because he yeah I turned be off really the hot. I turned off the AC you know for the recording he has his uh, Victorian <laughs> very Victorian age fan I know I love it. Change my call sign. Or, or, or or abuela fan yeah, yeah church yeah. abuela <laughs> well I love just the the atmosphere I'm getting from the Zoom uh, call image right now. But yeah, so let's let's kick this off with talking about the original Top Gun, which was actually a really important movie when it came out in the 80s, at least in terms of business and box office importance. Oh, I was going to say, it's just like, how was it important to what? Yeah, no, I mean, in 1986, the film that won Best Picture was Platoon, but mm. this was probably the most successful movie of 1986, and it actually ushered in kind of like a new era of film. So let me get actually the top... 10 grossing films of 1986 if this wasn't uh, the top. It was. Top Gun was top. The other movies that were top uh, were (laughs) the second highest grossing of 1986 was Crocodile Dundee. Oh, okay. Cute. Two Paramount movies. Third was Platoon. Fourth was The Karate Kid Part 2. Wow. Five was Star Trek The Voyage Home. 
couple sequels there. Uh, six was Back to School. Seven was Aliens. I can't believe Aliens was seven because Aliens is one of the yeah, that's shocked, ever. right? Yeah. Uh, eight, The Golden Child, an Eddie Murphy movie that you probably might not know. Oh no, I know The Golden Child. Oh nice. my god, yeah. yeah, such a great, nice, yeah, a great movie. They don't talk about that one as much, but it's a it's a pretty good Eddie Murphy film. Uh, eight, Ruthless People with Bed Midler. Mm. And ten, first Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So those were the top ten highest grossing films. Um, from Top Gun, you know, we get the the teaming of Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, and uh, the way that they make movies really change movies. Where it's pretty much like you can sell the movie in one sentence, you know. Okay. And just these really music video esque simple but exciting movies and they kind of take over in the mid 80s uh, well into the 90s and early 2000s um and it made tom cruise a bona fide star so have you guys ever seen this movie until recently like did you grow up on it what was your relationship with it yeah the first time i saw this film was this week for the podcast (laughs) and you too eddie no i saw this as a little kid okay and and uh did you like did you love it did you watch it a lot uh, no, I, I didn't love it. I didn't watch it a lot. I think I just kind of saw it because mm. we were just like watching it as a family or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, was it like, um, I mean, it was interesting. I felt like, well, yeah, planes, fast. But um, I think that was just about, about it. I really didn't appreciate, appreciate it at the time. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't see this movie until recently. It wasn't this week recently, but it was this year recently. And I'm in an action movie club, and we watched it. And we actually took points off because we found that it wasn't very action-y. Uh, it was just kind of like a training movie. And they didn't go into battle or combat until the end. Like the very, um, very end. Yeah. And even then, I, I mean, this movie has no plot. Yeah, kind of. It's like, you know, what's what's the conflict here? Is it is the conflict just himself? Which, okay, sure, I'll go for that. But um, I overall... <laughs> The movie, you know, I, I it's such a legendary movie that after I saw it, I was like, oh, that was it, huh? Okay. That's so funny. That's exactly how I felt after I watched it this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And I did this, I, I guess, smart thing of watch, because Eddie insisted I watch it before I see Maverick. Good. So I have some context. Uh, and I was just like, what is their context needed? Tom Cruise in airplanes. Like, how much, uh, how much more context do I need? Yeah. Um, and I was right. <laughs> I, I was right. Well, actually, I would agree with you, but in a different way. Whereas the new film, and we'll get to that in a bit, you kind of don't need to see the original in order to follow along with it. Correct. Yeah. So I think you you just appreciate more the 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 underlying story that's going on here. Yes. With like you know this is Maverick without a goose. Yeah, Maverick thirty six uh, years later. Uh, you know this is like the the father figure that really never lived up to his own idea of what he should have been for Rooster. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. you have kind of those elements that you can like, oh yeah, like you see this. It's like there's some father and son almost going on here. Or this like and also what it is to like live your life and still like hurt the loss of your best friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But before we go all the way over there, let's talk a little bit about what Top Gun's about. Well first of all, Top Gun's a real place. Uh, Top Gun is the United States Naval Navy Strike Fighter Tactics Instructor Program, SFTI mm-hmm. program, or popularly known as Top Gun, and it I pretty much who came up with that moniker. Yeah, somebody at some time and just stuck. 
that's that's the F SFTI's call sign is Top Gun. Um, it teaches fighter and strike tactics and techniques to naval av aviators and officers. Uh, and yeah, apparently after this movie came out, Top Gun, it, the real Top Gun, was like Had a few like lots of applicants. Not well that, but like people were like, don't bring up the movie when you're at the school. Oh. Like don't like they were almost kind of embarrassed by it for a while. I mean, I think that might I, have ended, I, yeah. but. It yeah. happens a lot, like yeah. right when Hollywood makes a movie about a a specific, not even branch of government, but like a specific like department or something, and people just yeah. reference that movie. Like I'm sure the Men in Black are tired of hearing it's just like, ugh, don't bring up Men in Black International anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or ho or people at Hogwarts that work at Hogwarts. Right, exactly. Yes. It's just like, ugh, yeah. don't bring up Harry uh, Potter. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, it's different than how it seems in the movies, guys. Yeah. Um, and Pete Mitchell, he's actually not quite at Top Gun when we first meet him. Him and his buddy Goose are naval aviators, uh, and they're stationed aboard the USS Enterprise, and they're just, like, kind of doing their thing, and they get intercepted by hostile MiGs, as they say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, Maverick, you know, he, he missile locks one on, and they pretty much are, are able to drive it off. But his... And the other person he's flying with gets so shaken up by it that he has to kind of like leave the, the air force, the Naval air force. And by default mm -hmm. Maverick gets sent to top gun. Right. So right. First, like Maverick and stroke. goose, Maverick and goose. Yeah. His, uh, radar intercept off officer or Rio or RIO. I don't know. They never really call them that. It's just like your guy, your wingman or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and the well, he's, moment not, he's not the wingman cause he's in the same plane as him. Yeah, again, I'm not even really sure how any of this shit works, but <laughs> I, mean, it's <laughs> I don't true. know if it matters. Um, so Pete Mitchell, Maverick, is kind of a smartass. He's kind of a cocky son of a bitch, and he definitely plays by his own rules and, you know, beats to the sound of his own drum and pisses a lot of people off while he does it. You know, he likes to do flybys, and he'll ask permission to do a flyby, and they'll say no, and he'll do it anyway. He's that kind mm -hmm. of a guy. Uh, he's very cocky. Very cocky. You know, he goes to the bar that night before or right after he gets transferred, he like hits on this woman really hard yes. and kind of embarrassingly. And then the next day he finds out that it's his teacher, you know, and, and it's just like, well, you just put your foot in your mouth and all that stuff, even though she falls in love with him. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like something else when it's someone else's mouth, I think, later <laughs> on in that film, you know. <laughs> and of course, there can't be such high levels of testosterone and cockiness without there being cockfights. And so Maverick is kind of competing to be the big boy on Top Gun campus with Iceman, played by Val Kilmer, mm -hmm. who is more law-abiding and who's just as good as him, but not as much of a smartass, but definitely as cocky as him. So right. that's pretty much it. I mean, the whole movie is very much Maverick getting in his own way of living up to his fullest potential. And a lot of sacrifices are made at that expense. Um, relationships, uh, 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 public opinions of him. The big one being, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the fucking movie, Goose dies, right? His yeah, best Goose friend, his second dies. hand man, it, 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 it get, gets killed in one of their... Now, was it a, It was a test that they did that just went wrong, right? Because Maverick pushed yeah, they, too Yeah, they went into like a... Uh, it's why they were doing, I don't know, maneuvers or something... Uh, the plane went into like a cataclysmic spin that it couldn't get out of. And when they were ejecting, uh, 
uh, Maverick was able to get out, but like Goose, like there was malfunction, so like Goose like died in the process. Yeah, what a way to go. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I don't think of all the ways to go, going being hit by the glass of your sh- airplane is not how I would want yeah, to go. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> definitely not. So, you know, I was talking to some older siblings of mine about this movie. Now I'm like, I don't think it's really an action movie. And they're like, well, you had to have seen it in the theater in the 1980s. And granted, you know, experiences are better. And in the movie theater for an action mm-hmm. movie or movies with a lot of action in it. And in the 80s, things were different. They, You know, we didn't get the movies that we've gotten in the last 36 years. So your perception of it was different. But I still wonder how effective was the action in this film? Now, the first five minutes of the film are pretty great, and that's because the film is directed by Tony Scott. And I think Tony Scott is a really underrated filmmaker. He's the brother of Ridley Scott. Oh. Um, But he's now deceased. He unfortunately committed suicide a couple years back. Mm -hmm. And I just think that his filmography is incredibly uh, impressive. So off the top of my head, um, Top Gun... Beverly Hills Cop 2, The Last Boy Scout, Days of Thunder, True Romance, Crimson Tide, um, Unstoppable, Man on Fire, Mm. Deja Vu. uh, The original Man on Fire? The one with Denzel Washington. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Enemy of the State. That's also Tony Scott. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are just like really underrated, really good tight movies and of course Mm -hmm. tony scott's very much like that we're gonna shoot a scene with 15 cameras getting all this type of coverage so that beginning especially is just like oh my god how many different angles and how many different shot sizes are there it was like so much you're talking about like the montage of the ship right and yeah in the the beginning yeah Yeah. um under kenny Loggins' danger zone yes that is what i'm talking about and the rest of the movie like when they're up in the air it's very nice to watch even though it's somewhat confusing sometimes as to where they are and what's going on. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, they hadn't quite perfected that kind of thing, but it was still like, that was, I think the better parts of the movie. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I, I think I don't, I would agree with you. I don't think that this is necessarily an action film, mm-hmm. right? Like even except for the ending where there's an actual, like, uh, aerial fight fight not like training uh, well that's not, I guess we saw it in the beginning but it was still most of this movie is really just <sighs> seeing it's just like something happens to to Maverick and then something else happens to him and then something <laughs> else and you know what I mean yeah. like and I, I feel like even the romance between him and Charlie was kind of a little weak yeah right? so like, Charlie played by Kelly McGillis do you think they had chemistry yeah, but I yeah. just think the I think their dialogue sometimes together was a little so hammy. Oh yeah, well this is a 1980s movie, so the dialogue is not refined by any means. And this was a different era where like things were more so like, you know, uh, this is the decade where we get lines like "I love you, I know," right? Like they're all kind of be- what we at least would de- identify now as like tropey lines in like these type of movies all the tropes that we know and we make fun of came from the 80s i feel like um whereas now we're different and when we get to top gun maverick i'm gonna talk a little bit more about how films kind of play off relationships and the way that the dialogue works but in the 80s it was really kind of like by today's standards eye rollish yeah um just corny cheese ball kind of shit and this movie is very much that um 
And I thought that, yeah, I don't know if I completely 100% thought that they had chemistry, but I just thought that the script, again, I agree with you that it just wasn't strong enough uh, for them. But again, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know if anybody went to this movie to, you know, for the writing. Uh, no offense to Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Yeah. Now, I got a question in terms of like the action sequences, right? A lot of it. Do you happen to know if a lot of it was miniatures? Um. Yeah. So I, I do know that a lot of it was that they actually made some several like uh, fighter squadrons for them to use. Okay. Uh, so a lot of it was practical things that they'd had shot. But the miniature things, I'm not sure about. Like some of those action sequences. I th- I'm i trying to look that up. I mean, a lot of time it was like the crew filming the actual fighters, um, the actual air fighters in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they were just like watching them with their normal procedures and just capturing it. Um, and they did it in Nevada. Uh, and they used some like grounded cameras and like I don't know I think maybe a couple, uh, in the air that they put in the air. But I don't know about miniatures. That would be that's a good fun fact. Maybe we should look that up. Oh wait, hang on. Tony Scott relied on using miniatures for most of the missile shooting sequences, since he was only allowed to use footage of two real missile launches. There we go. There you go. So for the missile stuff, but the other stuff like the training and whatnot, uh-huh. they just filmed and then they probably put them in a sound stage or something mm-hmm. for the rest of it. Um, and yeah, filming things like that was different in the '80s, but even by that standard, I think it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, I just loved the way the movie began, and I was kind of like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." And then, like, by the time he got to Top Gun, I was like, is, so is this what it's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, I don't... I actually didn't like the beginning. Oh, really? So it, it starts off with, like, the uh, the instrumental, right? And then it kind of has, like, a weird yeah, transition yeah. Into, into Danger, Danger Zone. Zone. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was it was jarring for me. It was just like, that can't be right. That had to be, like, a editing mistake. That's well, I have weird. a sound system at my home, so I liked the way it sounded. Um, you like the transition? I liked the transition because you can abrupt, like, like kind of. Well, if you listen on surround sound, you can kind of. Yeah, it is kind of abrupt, but you also can anticipate the change, and it just also uh-huh. like once it comes, like it just when you're surrounded by it, it sounds different, okay. and it sounds really well. Um, by the time, yeah, and then like the whole sequence with the Migs and and his his buddy, kind of like you know cracking under pressure. I liked that, and I liked the introduction to it, and I love tropes. If I like a genre, I'm here for the tropes, right? Okay. So, like, at first I was like, oh, yeah, he's a cocky son of a bitch and they're making sarcastic comments. Cool. And then it just kind of didn't – it got a little too, like, eye roll tropey instead of, like, I love it tropey. Um, so. I see. <laughs> the other thing – my other complaint about it is every time we saw uh, Kate McGinnis, you said what's her name? Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGinnis is Kelly that... McGillis, sorry. McGillis. Yes. Like, okay. Sorry, Got it. McGillis. Well, that's all right. Uh, but every time she came on screen, like it's just like take my breath. Oh, it was so fucking corny. Yeah, I that can't. theme song I was played a lot. Yeah, it's got. It was. It was stuck to my head. Like I, so I went into the theater. And I think it was just like singing it. I was just like, I feel like they really got their money's worth. They really yeah, did. Yeah, seriously. On that song. I you mean, know, what's it called? I love well that song, Oscar. so I didn't mind it. But I will say that the sex scene in the original movie was a little cringe for me. I just. Oh yeah, no, know. totally. It was it was it was awful. I was the unsexiest sex scene I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm actually, someone who doesn't find Tom Cruise attractive. Okay. Uh, so 
that's part of it. The other thing for me, like it was just like, but it just it was non sexual whatsoever. Like laying yeah. her back and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was like, weird. I, it was like supposed to be sort of erotic, but that didn't hit for me. And I that was when I was like, these two have no chemistry. Like these two do not want to fuck. Famously. Tom Cruise's first marriage was ended because he was celibate during it. And she was like, well, if you're not going to fuck me, then I'm going to divorce you. Wait, who was his first marriage? Mimi Rogers. I don't know who that is. Well, oh, yeah, I do know, so. but I think I know who she and is. And I think she introduced him to Scientology or something. Oh. But, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like he's like really well constructed body wise i mean he's short whatever that's not a big deal but he's got he got a great physique he's a short king he's a he was handsome back then so it's just like why don't these two act like like why don't they look like they're interested in having sex with each other like it just it felt awkward to me um but so to me the you know the relationship was a little like okay but the i thought that that wasn't the prominent relationship in the film the prominent relationship was with goose Obviously, mm-hmm. his best friend, and even to Who's an extent to Meg Ryan, by the Meg way, Meg Ryan, young Meg Ryan, right? Who uh, looks like shockingly looks older in this movie than she does in the, the, the main cut. It's the hair. Yeah, it is it's absolutely so weird. Her her haircut. It's uh, such. It's a, the hair. She also had mm-hmm. like some weird like uh, eyeliner thing going on that was not working for her. <laughs> it gave her like a smoky eye that I was just like making her look a little older. Yeah, I guess so. It's so crazy because like four years later, she makes when Harry met Sally, and she looks like she's eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, again, haircuts and hairstyles matter. That they they either age you or make you look younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was good, but Goose, you know, Anthony Edwards is Goose. Did we feel any sort of type of way about him? I hated his mustache. (laughs) That's how (laughs) I felt. Uh, No, I I mean, he had a. I think he had a good. He was a good foil to Maverick. You know, who doesn't... Maverick is so cocky. Uh, Goose was almost a little quieter, a little bit calmer, a little bit cooler under pressure than this guy. And, uh, yeah, I I mean, Goose was fine. I mean, did I feel anything when he died? No. Mm. I I don't think I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was really, like, trying to tug at our heartstrings. And it was a little... Uh, I didn't feel it, you know. I didn't. Yeah, when he was gripping the body like in the water, it's just like, yeah. no, no. Yeah, they're like, sir, you gotta let go, sir, you gotta let go. I'm just like, yeah. just let go. Well, that's also God. what I kind of was like. Well, that's what you kind of do. Like, but that's what happens when you're a rebel to this extent, uh, idiot. This is not a what's it called? Not. I know that Memorality just passed. I just want to point out that these are <laughs> fake characters, right? So, like, my feelings here is not at all intended towards real servicemen. This yeah. is just for these characters specifically. I just wanted to say that. And we'll get to that a little later. Uh, the last relationship I want to talk about is his relationship with Iceman and the performance by Val Kilmer given mm-hmm. in this film. Um, I, I mean, Val him. Kilmer was kind of just as cocky, right? Yeah, but like, no, he not, was. But just not as abrasive as Maverick. So I actually think Val Kilmer is a pretty underrated actor. Um, I think that he understands the assignments of what at least the audience is supposed to feel about his characters. And for the most part, he nails it. And like, he's a cocky motherfucker in this movie. To some point, you do just want to be like, shut up, Iceman. Maverick's going to kick your ass. Like, yeah, he just definitely is like he understands that the audience isn't really supposed to like him. But but they're supposed to be that thing where towards the end they do. So he like has to play that sort of dynamic, which I'm sure must be hard for an actor. And I think he actually does it really well. Yeah, I mean, I never, I didn't, I never, at, at no point while I was watching the movie did I not like Iceman. 
Hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I actually at times did not like Tom Cruise's character more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Specifically, I guess, like, the chase that he put on for, for Charlie was kind of a little off-putting because it's just like, first of all, she's your teacher, man. And she said no already once. I think twice in the movie. Before yeah. Before she finally succumbs to the date. His, I know, his, yeah. His charms, That's one know? thing I hate in old movies where it's like, no means yes. And it's like, no, no means no. <laughs> no <laughs> like, means no. What is it? 30... 32 no's, but one yes is still yes. That's from Family Guy. It's like oh, a my funny God. Joke. Yeah, it's so from, funny. Uh, <laughs> it's from, well, that's, they would do it like, uh, it was James Bond. Like, you know, he was there like saying, it's just like, have sex with me, have sex with me. She kept saying no. And then finally when she says yes, he turns to the camera and that's what he says. It's like, 32 no's and one yes is still a yash. Because he was like, <laughs> Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean. So another thing about Top Gun, you know, it's it's maintained its popularity throughout the years. Obviously, it's gotten a highly anticipated sequel. People still quote this movie. The songs uh, people still know: "Danger Zone," "Take My Breath Away." Mm-hmm. And the other, I thing- actually knew. So it's funny. I actually knew "Danger Zone." I knew "Danger Zone" before I ever seen the movie because I watched uh, the show Archer, and it's constantly referenced. And they have a great country cover featuring Kenny Loggins himself. That's like a great song. Uh, I actually prefer that one to like the eighties version to be really? honest. Yeah. It's a good cover uh, played by Charlene. I actually have it on my iTunes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but taking my breath away, God, what a cheesy eighties song. And then it was covered later on by Jessica Simpson. Oh, was remember, it? Yeah. When we remember when we did our, uh, our covers Remakes? episode. Yeah. 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 I considered bringing that one up because I hate both versions <laughs> so much. <laughs> wow. Uh, I really like the Berlin song. No. No. I mean, catchy. It's an earworm for sure. Uh, and like I said, I if you missed it, I just say a well-deserved Oscar because it, it accomplishes the job. But I think it was just overused. But then I was thinking like Titanic kind of overused that. Doo-doo-doo. But we never heard her. Interesting. They always use like that little, like, you know, that that flute. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. This one actually uses straight up lyrics all the fucking time. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she's constantly singing. It's annoying. So mm. that just drove me crazy. Um, but I had a question for you. Okay. Because you mentioned like this did have long lasting appeal, right? And I think some the movie, The Need for Speed, that's very quotable. Yeah. I think a lot of people still reference that gay volleyball scene yes there's actually this whole article homoerotic yeah it, i guess i should say there's this uh, esquire article by dave holmes which says the top gun volleyball scene is not homoerotic it's homosexual oh, okay <laughs> yeah all right fine <laughs> so it's not even like a thing but uh continue and well i was gonna say what do you think it is about this movie that has like that long-lasting appeal yeah that's a really good question um because i didn't I saw. I could have gone my whole life without watching Top Gun and feel, and in retrospect, it was like I wasn't missing anything in my opinion. Like I wasn't gonna. It's not like oh I don't know Nicole. What's like a movie that everyone says you have to see? Um, e. Rosemary's e. Baby. E.T. is not. I don't think E.T. is one of those movies that everyone has to see. Eddie, what would you say? E.T. I yes? say you're wrong. <laughs> so you must see E.T. Because then how are you going? How you're not gonna? How you're not gonna understand the sequel, Batman versus E.T. <laughs> there, there you go. Call back to yes to last week. So I feel like a movie that everyone should see is probably The Godfather. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That that's a movie that I would agree with you. Uh, right. 
Top Gun is certainly not one of those movies. And yet it has such longevity, right? Because mm-hmm. it's still pop culturally relevant. I don't know. What do you, I mean, do you, can you muster up any ideas to like what it is? Yeah. So I do think that people love one escapism films. They like seeing, you know, people that they can relate to, but that are also like kind of a tear up so that they can put themselves in that situation. Do you uh, think we can relate to Tom Cruise's Maverick? Mm-hmm. Well, he's kind of like your outcast or uh, average Joe. And every and in a way, he's an underdog. Americans love underdog stories, right? He's like not okay. listening to the rule and he's doing his own thing. And he's not even supposed to be there. So he's like just trying to mm. prove himself all the time. But he's also... And he has daddy issues. He has daddy issues. He's playing by his own rules. And, and also it just has like, it's, you know, flying planes. And it's just like you know not here for for uh common sense or anything like that it's just here to have a good time that's also incredibly american <laughs> okay uh, uh, yeah i think so i think it just hits like a fantasy kind of thing that we've all wanted but you know this came out in 1986 that's reagan era you know that's wall street that's denying that the gays cr- gay crisis is a thing you know whitewashing to the heaviest focusing on heterosexual type stories and all this stuff so like and also in the 80s everything just had to you know end with a wrapped in a bow tie and presented nicely to everyone like there was no uh, villains you know there weren't any like villains drew movies or like movies that ended tragically like 80s movies didn't really push boundaries and mm-hmm. there's something kind of and I'm, I'm probably coming off really like insulting to the 80s but that's just like that was the trend then you know and this was also again this was the reagan era and you kind of have to think about that reagan era mindset Mm -hmm. um and then maybe you can see why it was kind of the perfect you know like god bless america movie to come out in an age where you know people were like so patriotic and yet the country was kind of like coming apart so it's kind of beautiful ignorance too which is also unfortunately uh, something that Americans are good at. I'm like tearing America, but I'm an American, so I can like say this because I'm an American. But I feel like, um, yeah, no, I, I think that's all fair. But, you know, there's interesting because there's a movie uh, that Quentin Tarantino was in called Sleep With Me, and he gives this whole monologue about Top Gun. And he says, this is the, mo- it's really quick. He said, you've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. They're gay. They represent the gay man. And they're saying, go, go all the way, <laughs> go. And you could go both ways. Kelly McGillis, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Play by the rules. But they're saying, no, go the gay way, be the gay way, go for the gay way. And that's what's going on the whole movie. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's a that's a read for sure. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it has to deal with, like, you know, this was, again, the AIDS crisis was coming out and everyone was ignoring it. You know, people maybe subconsciously being like, hmm, yeah, maybe we are gay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm doing this read because after we talk about Top Gun Maverick, I have a read about why this movie is also hitting right now. Okay. So should we segue to Maverick? I mean, yeah, let's talk about Top Gun Maverick. So Top Gun Maverick uh, was released... In Memorial Day weekend, 2022, after three years of need of, of being, being like pretty much delayed. announced and delayed. Oh, um, no, no, no! It was like 12 years of being announced. This movie was announced yes, in well, 2010, but like green lit, and then like we're starting to shoot in 2017, right? And I think it was supposed to come out in 2019, but then they had to postpone that because they had to do some reshoots. Then it was supposed to come out in 2020. 
but everybody knows what happened, the pandemic. And then they were just like, we have to release this in a theater. When are people going to be ready to go back to the theater? And it's two years later. And people are ready to go back to the theater because the amount of people who are 35 and older showed up for this movie. And they have been consistently not showing up for movies, statistically speaking. And this movie opened uh, domestically to 150 million uh, Mm -hmm. box office. And I think worldwide it's like at least in the 300 million. Okay. So it's been doing incredibly well. I think it's the highest grossing Memorial Day uh, opening. I think it's the highest grossing opening weekend for a Tom Cruise movie. And I might even oh, okay. say it's the highest grossing opening for a Paramount movie. So it's okay. been doing exceptionally well this past weekend. It's only been out for like four or five days. Mm, no, wait. It's, yeah. I forgot what day of the week it is. I'm all. It's been doing <laughs> consistently well for almost a week now. <laughs> So yeah. Yes. Um, this movie is not directed by Tony Scott, unfortunately, because as we said, you know, he is passed. But they yes, did honor could. it to him. They did, uh, you know, say the movie is dedicated to Tony Scott at the end. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I think, not too many people have returned other than Tom Cruise and Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer for this film. Uh, no Meg Ryan. No Kelly McGinnis. Nope. No Kelly McGillis. McGillis. Uh, yeah. Who actually? She has a very funny quote. Can I just read you this quote that she gave? Please. E in uh, I think it was E or Entertainment Tonight. Mm-hmm. Entertainment Tonight in 2019 about the movie, right? Why wasn't she involved? <laughs> and this is what she said: "Quote. I mean, I'm old and I'm fat and I look age appropriate for what my age is, and that is not what this whole scene is about." End quote. So <laughs> there you go. That's pretty terrible, but I guess it's I true. Mean, I saw. Uh, I mean, she. You know, she. She looks like an age-appropriate woman. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. Uh, but I mean, compared, I guess, to Jennifer Connelly, right? Mm. Yeah. Who is apparently a callback to the original film? Yeah. Apparently, she was referenced in the after Maverick got in trouble. Mm-hmm. They brought up uh, Penny. Yeah, the admiral's daughter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so if you re- if you've seen Top Gun more than twenty times, then you know exactly who she's supposed to be. Uh, but then everyone else is completely brand new for the film, with a cast that includes Miles Teller, who is Rooster Goose's son, who Got wants to him. take up after his father. Uh, mm-hmm. John and has Hamm beef with Maverick and has beef with Maverick, of course. John Hamm as Cyclone, who is pretty much uh, the antagonist slash boss of Maverick. Actually, well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like he is like the thorn, but like we actually have unlike the first Top Gun, we have an actual conflict right from the get-go. Yes. Yes. So we actually have do like real antagonists who they are, like what country they represent. Unknown, unknown enemy. Unknown, unknown enemy. Yeah. Unknown enemy. Which I'm actually totally fine with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. I I am too. Yes. I found it a little interesting cuz it was the most nondescript enemy. Yeah. Um, but it was but like, yeah. you know, blank, like fill in your own blank kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it won't date the movie. So, yeah, um, exactly. I told you it'd be timeless. Yes. Uh we also have to to, you know, complete the casting. Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris, as I said Val Kilmer, uh Jay Ellis and the girl who played Phoenix. Her name is Monica Barbaro. So, or Barbaro. I might have said that wrong. Um, yeah. Top Gun Maverick. It doesn't really have 
a date to it, but pretty much it's been 36 years, and that sounds like a pretty good timeline for this movie. Um, Pete Mitchell, he has avoided rising the ranks mm-hmm. in the U.S. Navy, you know, aviation because he doesn't want to be grounded, and he knows that if he does, he will be. He just wants to keep flying. And when the film begins, he is testing a uh, a new kind of. He's like a test pilot, and he's trying some sort of like supersonic dark star jet, and he, they're trying to bring it to Mach ten. You know, all is that this. What the, is that what described it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I just remember like they were testing out. They were testing out an airship to break Mach ten. He again got a little cocky, and the ship goes kablooey. And he went a little too far. Yep. And then as a result, now here's actually. I thought this part of the film actually gave up something interesting that wasn't explored it was a theme that i thought we were going to like explore with this movie right which is just like drones are the future yes and he is very much a relic of the past and yet the whole movie ignores that because we're focusing on these fighter planes you know what i mean yeah they bring it up like like, once like ed harris yeah and i thought which i actually yeah i thought that was like i actually thought oh this is gonna be a nice movie to see like you know because let's be real tom cruise is very much a relic of the past he's like the last movie star of his type anymore right the kind of guy who practices and does uh the theatrics that you see on screen like he he you know he flies actual planes he jumps he 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 climbs buildings he you know most of that shit now is covered by uh cgi yeah not even a stunt team um mm-hmm. and it, and they do the minimal stuff so ed harris says to the character you know like the the future is coming and you're not in it essentially right and, Which is and funny coming from an old guy. I know, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, He's like, like they and... <laughs> Yeah, they should have made it a younger person who is... Not necessarily because uh, Kane, Ad- Ad- Admiral Kane, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's pushing in this, like, I like money... So I want this money for my project, which is the whole mm, drone thing, that kind of thing. And and the great line as as uh, Maverick walks out is, "But I'm, I'm but I'm here today." Yeah, but not today. You know, yeah. not yeah. today. Yeah, not today, Satan. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, it's um, like, and 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 it, too, you automatically you see something like I was going in here. I'm saying, "Oh my God, it's gonna be some hetero." push in your face this is like a military advertising i mean mm. two hours here is going to be about join the navy that kind of thing i was already coming in for a bad plot black, <laughs> bad everything i just sat down i had my arms crossed i was like oh yeah okay you were, so i won't lie i was also not too pleased okay. to see this movie like i think i was complaining to eddie about it he was like why are we fucking covering this i'm ready to quit the <laughs> podcast i am so done like i can't i'm going to the movies for this I want to see Bob's Burgers. Yes. Which we did. We did. We did. Oh. <laughs> did you do a double before. feature? Uh, no, no, we saw we saw Bob's. We paid full price for Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah. Not gosh. for Top Gun. Right? Yes. Was it Was it good? Oh, yeah. That was I very enjoyable. It. Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah. Sidebar guy. Sorry. I'm talking about Bob's Burgers <laughs> here. But uh, Bob's Burgers, movie. I way more, like, I thought it was going to fall under that pit of, like, the Simpsons movie was going to be, like, kind of corny and whack. They figured out a good formula of, like, having all the stories like all the major characters of Bob's Burgers, like the, the family, had an important role in the film. Unlike the Simpsons movie, where it was just a Homer Simpson movie, really, yes, and Marge, yes, kind of right. Yes, yes. Like this one, actually, all the key players had a key role in the plot, and it all culminates at the end. I thought it was, I thought it was wonderfully done. I actually thought it was like a very much an enjoyable movie. Oh, that's good. Okay, 
But so I paid full, full price for that one. Very yeah. happy. And then I paid, you know, my Tuesday dollar cheap tickets for Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he said, it's just like, I did not want to see this movie. I mm-hmm. had, you know, I had just finished seeing uh, the original Top Gun. I'm just like, oh, my God, this movie's not even that good. Why are we covering this? And here we are. Okay. Here we are. So let, I, me get, let, me, let me get back to my story because I haven't finished yet. Ooh, so okay, sorry. All right, so I'm there, and but and then you see this character Maverick. He's like, there's like, Kane said, this is it. We're not even gonna fly. This like it's not gonna happen. And Maverick's like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And but you, he's like, okay. He's like, once again, he's like, I have to be the center of tension, that kind of thing. But I said, no. He, as as you learn, you know, he says, I'm doing it to save the project. Here, it's like. I'm going to be done. Like, once I land, I'm going to be in so much ass trouble. They're going to kick me out. Mm-hmm. But you guys will have your job. You guys will have your money. And you guys will have the project. And it will keep people in the sky. Because, once again, it's the idea of the drones. You know, you think you think about the, how um, Maverick's perspective is, like, you know, you know, I was made for speed. I was made to fly yep. here. And this project is going to take people out of the sky, so to speak. Right. You know, you're going to lose those those pilots mm-hmm. and you're just going to have a robot doing it here. But now you're like, wow, he does this and he's like, I don't care what happens to me. But as long as, you know, you guys are still here, you guys are still doing, you, you guys are still experimenting, figuring out new ways for us to go faster. Yeah. That's yeah. more important. So I'm like, OK, I like this guy. Let's see what happens next. Yeah. yeah, they matured him up, and they did that pretty well in the first scene. Well, yeah. th- well, thank God. After thirty-six years, he's kind of yeah. grown up a little bit. Well, you know, only a little bit. Only <laughs> well, it's Let's not go crazy. Because my experience was that I was away at the beach this weekend, but I was like, I kind of want to see this either on a Friday or a Saturday. So I went, and I saw it at a theater down the shore, and I paid full price for it. I think I saw oh, it at nine thirty on. I think it was Friday. And it was a really great theater, first of all. Stone Harbor Theater in New Jersey is fantastic. And uh, it was packed. I heard so many people talk. I heard one person being like, we're going to be late. And she's like, it starts in five minutes. As I went to get popcorn, I was like, oh, my God, people are anticipating this movie. Mm-hmm. And people were just bored, probably. But OK. The movie had a uh, <laughs> the movie had an intro by Tom Cruise himself. That was just oh, like, God. hey. Thank you for coming to see this movie that we worked so hard on for you, right? Is that is that included in the runtime? Uh, I don't think so. Mm, it was thirty I was, seconds. <laughs> I was very angry at that. Oh intro. my god! I did not. Oh, I don't. We care don't get for that it. anymore. We don't get people who are like, "Hey, this movie means so much that," or like, "We, we wanted it to bring it to you so much that." We present you this. Enjoy. We've been getting that after the pandemic. Like in the last year, I've been seeing that a lot more and more. And I what, what was the other time, time you see it? I don't, I don't remember what movie. I don't it was, remember but another it was, time. I've never I seen was, this. I think it was a Marvel. I movie. haven't. I've never seen this. I have no. Seen I, it. I, I swear it's like time. it's become more common after the pandemic, where like you have like a celebrity say like thank you so much for coming. I think wait wait wait. Are you sure you're not like mixing this up and please donate to the Children's Hospital no, Foundation? Uh, your cell phones, nor, turn them nor off. Am I confusing popcorn this, concessions. Nor am I confusing uh, this with like Nicole Kidman? Tip your like, waiter. About her movie service the AMC experiences thing, now. Yeah, I'm actually talking about like there'll be a celebrity. Talking Head, thanking you for coming to the theater. I want to say the last one that comes to mind was a Disney movie where all the voice actors kind of were on screen before 
It's like, thank you guys for coming. And what was it? Encanto or something? It might have been Encanto, actually. Okay. I don't know. Well, I have not seen that for any film. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I actually didn't mind it. I was like, that's I right, did. Top Gun. I mean, well, yeah. I called him Top Gun. That's right, Tom Cruise. Prep <laughs> us up for what we're about to fucking watch. And then the movie begins, and it's the same exact opening as the first one. To the point where I was even like, um, did they get the movie wrong? <laughs> like, this is exactly oh. how the original opens. I also thought the same thing, too, with that right? awful transition. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it before that, but then when it said Maverick, and then I was kind of like, "Oh no, is this this is going to be another film that just recycles the plot of the first But then it didn't, right? Same. After the opening, also. it changed, and I thought about it afterwards, and I I've come to the conclusion that they kept it the same because it's a strong opening, and it's it was their kind of like homage to Tony Scott, um, who couldn't okay. you know be here for that, and in that lens, I loved it. The movie, now I'm going to skip forward to the end and how it has that classic oh. ending where it just shows everyone's name and who they played. And when Tom Cruise came up, that entire audience clapped. Really? Mm, yes. No. Now, I was w- walking out. <laughs> people love him and they have no, respect you were. for him. You, uh, y- y- mm-hmm. No, I mean, well, yeah, to, no, please. Any opportunity you have to just contradict Correct him, me. take it. No, I yeah. think we, I think we did like, say, no, you won't. I like, think we say during we, the pictures. We, yeah, right, because right, we, right. we've been, we've been, uh, how do you say, conditioned to say if there's any, any end credit scenes. End fine. credit scenes. Yes. All right. Yes. Marvel has trained us well, so. Yeah. Now, Tom Cruise, he's kind of crazy. He's kind of, who knows what the fucking deal is with him. But, like, he does his own stunts and he really cares about making movies the old-fashioned way and making movies that will get people to the fucking theater and i think yeah. he delivered and his team and joseph Kinsinski and everyone behind this movie really delivered for this film oh yeah no i would agree with this like yeah. this movie is uh excellent practical filmmaking i mean the it fact is. that you have these actors training and uh you you can tell when they're on green screen and when they're not and they're not they're, They're not, just yeah. not on green screen in this movie. Uh, yeah. At no point do they have uh, the planes. Like, I'm, I'm sure with the explosions are probably CGI'd. But, uh, you know, a lot of that was actually shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. These so actors wild. had to go through a three-month boot camp to train them for being flown by these pilots to get the shots, right? So they went through all of this training that all, these naval aviators do in order to withstand the G-forces of being in the cam- uh, of being in the cockpit, right? Then when they were in the planes being rode around by pilots, they had six cameras. They had two in the middle to get a wide and a close-up. They had mm-hmm. two on each wings. And then they had one in the back and to, like the POV shot. So they had all these cameras. And pretty much once th- the pilots you know, went off flight, it was up to the actors. That's a fucking lot. So not only Tom Cruise, but the rest of that cast to be able to like act and direct themselves up in the fucking air like that. That's astounding. <laughs> like I can't Apparently- think of another film like that. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree. But apparently they had, like, over 800 hours of footage because it would take... I mean, I think the director said they could film, like, for, like, six hours and have only, like, one minute of useful, usable footage. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. that, and, like, the amount of reshoots they must have done. Like, But they, like, mm. they went deep to make this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense why Tom Cruise pushed so hard for this movie to be released only in theaters and mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm certain Paramount was, like, salivating to just have this be a Paramount Plus exclusive. 
Uh, but you know, Tom Cruise apparently fought hard for this to be in theaters, and yeah, no, he's know. their star. He like right now, Tom Cruise is kind of carrying Paramount with this in the Mission Impossible franchise, and like you know, he pretty much works exclusively for them. And I can't think of another star who is like pretty much you know like carrying a studio. Like I could think of a franchise, but I can't think of a star, which is pretty mm. crazy. And he is the last of his kind. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why, like, you know, 36 years later for you to make a film that's quite frankly better than the original film that everyone loves is quite the feat. And, like, that's why it's, like, it was kind of cute to see everyone clap for him at the end because it's, like, kudos, yeah. sir. Yeah. Well, I know no one clapped at the yeah, end. Yeah, so the interesting movie, thing, but... too, it's, like, one of those movies that I felt like, oh, this would have been nice with a pack theater. Yes, yeah. it would have been. Theater. Theater. We, I feel like it was so funny because it was, like, it was one of those first ones. Our row was packed. Yeah, our row was packed. So it was, like... Third row, C, so C row is where we usually go. And this was like, this particular film, basically, it was like, just, that's where everybody went. I was theater. so mad. So, empty theater, except <laughs> C row, all right? So, you know, you know, I was tight because I have to see this movie and I have to sit next to strangers. Yeah. Um, but but I, <laughs> there were certain points where I was like, you know, like, oh, my God, this was a point I know people would like cheer or clap yep. or go like, yep. Yeah. Yep. That kind of thing. Yep. That's what so, happened for me. The energy is yeah. different when you see it opening night or opening weekend. And, and I was like, I have to for this movie. And I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm okay that I didn't, to be quite honest. But I'm glad I started <laughs> in theaters, I will, I will admit. Well, yes. I'm really glad that you guys agree with the fact that seeing it in the theater was a good call. Oh, yeah. I yeah. will say this. I regret not seeing it in IMAX, right? Cause that's right. What or this Dolby was, Cinema. This yeah. was made for mm. Yeah, there's no Dolby Cinema for the carousels, unfortunately. Oh, we'll just go to a different theater. I think I might um, go see it what? again. Absolutely not. No. Are you crazy? <laughs> no seats are as comfortable as the carousel seat. And I will it take is comfort. a pretty good theater. Seacock I will is, take comfort yeah. over uh, yes. over sound quality. Well, let's talk about what Top Gun Maverick is essentially about. So he's recruited by Top Gun at the insistence of Iceman, who is I'm sorry, sick. they made it abundantly clear he wasn't recruited he was ordered to yeah, top gun. this ordered, is true he yes. was pretty much like you <laughs> you know we're, we're closing down this shit and you're gonna come to top gun to teach for a super secret message mission by the way that shot when he's like taken off the plane and then ed harris gets out of the car and watches him and then the plane oh, that flies was a cool over shot. yeah they did that in one take oh did they and it was wasn't, actually it wasn't supposed to blow the building up and so everything that happened was organic Wait, what uh, building? So like behind, there the, was the 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 securities uh, the security the security guard. Yeah, there was like oh, a that little shack entrance. there. Yeah, the shack thing. Oh, yeah, that oh, really? Yeah. It got, mm-hmm. it got blown. I, that's so funny. I was more impressed that Ed Harris. I didn't even notice the building. I'm just like, wow, look at him just standing there. No, no, I thought the whole shot was so cool. So like, I yeah. I of course watched this whole thing, and I this is where I found that out. Um, so that's that. So he goes back to Top Gun and the first thing he does is go to a bar and he sees his old love there, uh, Petty, played by Jennifer Connelly, who not only is super hot for her age, but has a great fashion sense. Although she has a terrible rule of making people who put their cell phones on the bar pay for everyone's drinks in the bars. That's just wrong. That's so weird. And it's first of all like robbery. It's like you it's like terrible. Like the sign is not anywhere clear. I know. (laughs) It it could be six hundred bucks right there. Yeah, like I would go broke if that happened to me. I would cry. Yes. You know Oh Kelly McGillis is older than Tom Cruise. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I mean, you know, Jennifer Connelly is 51. I mean, look, she looks phenomenal. Um, but man, we're putting these like really awful standards of beauty on like we women are. as they get older. Part of me <laughs> well, is, but the thing with with her too is 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 she is something very interesting about her. So she's like an '80s queen. Like she's in all these '80s movies, really popular movies. Yeah. Um, you know, and and she's always kind of kept that. She's she's very beautiful. Uh, but she's always kind of kept that kind of look about her. Um, and I felt, yeah, I felt like there was something very like eighties about her presence being in this movie. I I agree with you though. You I know, thought I thought like smart it, casting on their part. Yeah, you know, yeah. and the, and she has this subtleness about her. her I th- yeah, I think you you could tell like I don't know. I always say like her 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 presence has this subtle like build up. Like you're like in her presence, and it's like oh my god, you are so amazing. Yeah. Um, she gives me right now the same uh Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Oh, vibes. Marissa Tomei is so hot still. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Nicole, I'm sorry. You Before we cut you off, you were about to say something about like this new standard of beauty that we're putting on women of a certain age. I mean, how interesting would it have been if they were like, you know what, Kelly? Fuck it. You're coming back. And like, yeah, you age just like Top Gun. I mean, Top Cruise. I keep calling him Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> just like Top Cruise. Um, but, you know, and, like you're perfect the way you are. Like, how cool would that have been? Unless I mean, but she the thing looks is, truly terrible. I don't know. I she does. Oh that. no, she looks. I I I've looked at pictures of her and I saw this interview. She looks fine. She looks like a healthy sixty-four-year-old woman. Yeah. You know? So like, it's just uh, that's. But a I I know what the thing is. It's Tom Cruise does not look like he's fifty-nine years old. That's the thing, right? Like, so you. I understand why. But at this, and also it would have changed the character, right? Like if he still, if he can still keep up his physique, but he's still like madly in love with this woman mm. who doesn't, who looks her age, right? I guess that's the way to say it. Um, like that means that on some level he has matured, and that's not the Tom Cruise necessarily that we have seen because the whole point with Penny was just like he's still kind of in this like emotion, uh, this uh, immature on and off again relationship that like you know usually. You expect people to figure out by the time they're in their late thirties, you know. Yeah, <laughs> this it's very true. I guess I'll give them a pass in that sense. But no, well, no, I'm not giving them a pass on not casting uh, Kelly for this. Uh, I'm just, you know, I say be smarter. But you know, yeah. for what they did, I think is, you know, it is what it is. Well, yeah. So, but Kelly and Meg Ryan were both, you know, not asked to be back. I wonder why they didn't ask Meg Ryan, but she's not. I'm so curious, to it. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, so. but she's a mom. Well, she was. She could have had a role or two. So she could have, since she's famous and she was in the first one, she could have at least made like a sneak, you know, like a cameo. But they were like not going there. Um, No, they didn't. So Maverick is brought to Top Gun and is briefed by uh, the vice admiral, who they call Coyote, played by John Hamm, who is pretty much saying, "Look, um, Cyclone." Yeah, that was yeah. Mm -hmm, I said that. You said you said Coyote. I said Coyote. Okay, I'm sorry, Cyclone. Yeah. Um, and pretty much they have a mission. A super secret mission, which is pretty much we want you to bomb an unsanctioned uranium enrichment. Now, I just want to mm-hmm. say that this is a brilliant MacGuffin, right? Because even though they no. tell you what the plan is, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right, right. All right, you know no. is that they have to fucking do it and they have what? to go up crazy hills and down crazy hills and they have to do it in two minutes. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It gives you, and but they also introduce stakes. Like we know. If and they, what will if, happen, yeah. Yes, if this uranium plant keeps running for another three weeks, 
It's going to pose a threat to all our NATO allies. It, 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 it created stakes that the original one desperately needed. It gave us a reason. Like, okay, we have X amount of time to train these kids, mm-hmm. right? Because they're basically kids, yeah. uh, to, 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 to fight this battle. Basically. Yeah, no. And I got the mission, right? I got what was needed. I got the circumstances and I got the consequences. And the sequences that had to do with the mission, I got everything. I was never confused. Mm-hmm. I understood exactly what was happening, where I was, and you know what could happen from it. And I just want to say that's actually pretty cool because the first movie, not everything was super clear sometimes when they were in the air. Yeah. It was incredibly clear this entire movie every time they were oh, in yeah. the air what was going on. And that's the power of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it set design, but I guess the... I don't know if those fifth generation MIGs from the enemy are like based off of a real design, but they look distinctly different from our side, right? Our F-19s, I think is what they were using. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of how starkly different they were, we were able to differentiate, okay, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys and stuff, where I think in the original one, like they all kind of look the same. Yeah. Okay. It would be yeah. a problem. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, I'm just going to say right now, the action sequences were fucking terrific. And just really suspenseful and exciting and really well done. I mean, the sequence when Maverick goes rogue after, you know, the Iceman thing and he does the mission in the time that it's supposed to was just less, so great. Less. 15, min- 15 seconds less. A little oh, less. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you're watching it. And Tom Cruise is doing like there are moments where Tom Cruise, you see his face trying to get through the scene, even though the G forces are really getting to <laughs> <laughs> the plane. and it's just like yo he's doing the best he can up in the air dealing with whatever he's feeling right now and it's just it's really really cool to watch um yeah i thought it was just yeah so overall action wise loved this fucking movie i loved the ending uh you know oh. kind of had like two endings to it just like the mm. batman but it didn't feel super long it actually felt organic and fine oh, okay i disagree this is it so i actually think if the movie had ended where that first ending came and we just had like an ending where we get another funeral and like we have our characters <laughs> say goodbye. I think it would have been like perfect. This was no, actually a very well done movie. The that, whole I movie think, was no. was yeah. classic yeah. and corny and cheese ball. You can't yes. end it with such a sour note. Here's yes. the thing. I think what that would have been my a tone problem shift. with it. I think what no, because here's where I think the tone shift happened. Now all of a sudden, like uh Goose and Maverick became almost Rooster. larger than life. Uh, Rooster. Was it Rooster? No, Goose. His son in the second one. No, no. Oh, Rooster. Whatever. I'm sorry. Whatever whatever, uh, bird creature they are. Uh, But they became, like, larger than life, right? They're, like, an enemy zone. They had to go steal a plane and all this stuff. Now they're going to fight with this, uh, these two, uh, with three new generational uh, airplanes versus this old dilapidated. I I just find it felt, it's just like, ah! Like, everything about, everything prior to that felt like almost realistic mm. and this kind of started feeling a little bit too superhuman right like too out of the realm of reality in my opinion and but i it goes, thought this it goes, is kind of where it lost me it goes back to now what that it, he lost me, it, it goes it, back to what he believes though it's like it's not about the plane it's about the pilot yeah and I, that's what he was teaching that the whole point of advanced top gun academy at this point is um i'm 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 going to teach you these skills and you are not you're the best of the best, but you're gonna even even be better. 
you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and the and that's the idea. Like you create, you give these skills, you create these amazing pilots, um, and you can do these kind of missions without drones or without the high risk of failure or death. Because it, you know, th- that great scene is like, you know, the it, the whole idea is for them to come back, right? And Cyclone is like, oh, yeah. I don't think so. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. He's <laughs> like, no, because I'm training them to come back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And, but, you know, just to piggyback off of Eddie uh, and to make a pun that is totally intended, I'm not looking to be have anything grounded in reality here, okay? Like, mm-hmm. this is pure fantasy. And at like, the end of the day, if he gets stuck on enemy lines, he's going to, you know, infiltrate their thing and he's going to steal one of their ancient planes and he's going to fly himself and his best friend's son home, okay? I think all that fan... But... I think the movie was doing such a good job of making me believe that everything that they were doing was plausible. I think it's just that ending where it just like got a little bit just implausible. But why is I don't understand? And I just felt why like, is it implausible for someone to be like, I'm not gonna let this man die, this man who's my like my father, die. Like, and I'm gonna come back. But that's because not the, he's no no no. That's not the implausible. I guess two, him coming back, two like planes him crashing, this, and then like having two survivors already red flags in my opinion. Idiot. Well, I mean, but like their planes, they have to be set up for things where if something goes wrong, they can successfully eject or else we'd have they a got million shot by dead torpedoes. Okay, that's so, how we use so you nowadays. think that the plausibility is that whole fucking mission and you're like, oh, this is so realistic. But then no, when no, they no. escape, it's not <laughs> realistic. Like The escape, I think, is a more unrealistic part. I think they should have just killed off Tom Cruise and that's it. We could have just I think a better movie would have just killed off Tom Cruise right then and there. No, I, nah. I completely disagree. <laughs> I All think right, people well, would have been incredibly outraged by that. Yeah, that's okay. Yes. I think it's okay for people to be incredibly outraged. And again, it would have been a complete like left turn, but, but not for the better. You know, sometimes movies do that where they'll just shift and it will go somewhere else. And you're like, whoa, but it's awesome. It would not have been awesome in this case. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. I think you would have been the only one there been like, I, I'm sorry. Look, I, by any, by no me, I, I still enjoyed the movie. Like this isn't an ending that like, ruined it for me i just think a smarter movie would have just killed tom cruise then and there no, they but tom cruise is so afraid of death he would never he would never I, I you also didn't wait 36 years for this movie to see him die like that like Maverick i waited you're right have. i waited like a couple of hours to see him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, i practically saw these movies back to back look a lot of these remo- you know remakes and revivals and long-awaited sequels they're fan service what kind of fucking fan service is that yeah, I don't know how much fan service this was. I don't know. Okay, I think this movie actually is good because I was thinking about it. If you took out all the elements that made this a Top Gun movie, this still would have been a very good movie, like, independent. Yes, right. right. This was just a good movie. Well, it wasn't, like, bogged down by trying to compare itself to the original, like The Force Awakens or the new Ghostbusters, where it was almost too much and the movie couldn't actually be itself, more so in the Ghostbusters Afterlife case because it was just so busy trying to deliver fan service to people that there were sequences that are like, what the hell is doing here? Um, like with the, um, the marshmallow puff thing in the new movie, like what the fuck is this? This movie actually mm-hmm. had its own story and it was able to free, be free, but to deliver on things that people wanted to see, you know, like him riding his motorcycle or him doing his flybys or great balls of fire, you know, just like these little callbacks that you've seen and you kind of want to see again, but they don't, like completely take away from the film and if you've never seen the first top gun it still works like he's just there yeah. playing the piano you know he's just he's just there doing his own thing um Even though i still have an issue with driving 
a motorcycle without a helmet. Oh yeah, they <laughs> yeah. were. <laughs> I did. It just that's yeah. one of my my pet peeves of this. Like, ugh, this is just trying to be cool. Yeah. That would have been a more interesting death if all of a sudden he hit a pebble and then he just fell over yeah. and cracked his skull yeah. open. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been like, I told you, you should have wore a helmet. And that's Has why. Has Cruz ever died in any of his movies? Uh, I don't know. But imagine and then it became like an Arrested Development episode. And it's like, and that's why you always wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the performances, right? Because that's a little bit of we talked story and action. But we got a whole cast here. We talked about Jennifer Connelly. Let's talk about Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer begged to be in this film, right? He begged he, to like. He campaigned be... for it. Yes. Oh no, no. He he said in his like biography, he begged. <laughs> like he used those words. He begged. Where? What biography? What are you talking about? He wrote a bi. You know, he's like, you know, he's dying of cancer. Like, oh, so he wrote like, like a book. He wrote a biography. Yeah, and he said he begged for it. He begged. He he has admitted he begged. Like they, because they were gonna proceed without him after like you know the surgery that he had for his throat because he really can't speak. Uh, but he begged like to keep the to like let them let him come back, and I think it, he's even credited with like having the idea of like how to handle Iceman in this mm-hmm. film, right? Mm-hmm. So, for mm-hmm. spoiler, I mean we spoiled the shit out of the movie already for you guys, but yeah. Yeah. Iceman dies. Uh, he it's implied that he has another ca- like his cancer has uh, returned, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was he's pushing for Maverick touching. the whole time. He's like the only one who's on Maverick's side. The, he, um, he's the only reason that Maverick hasn't been fired yes. from the mm-hmm. Navy. Mm-hmm. And and that's why he like goes rogue and does his own thing because after Iceman dies, you know, uh, Cyclone is pretty much like, we don't need you anymore. Goodbye. And again, yeah. so what... Cyclone was right. Why why was Cyclone <laughs> just such an antagonist of him like the moment he saw him? Like they weren't even the same class. He doesn't know him. What's his beef? Well, I think it's because Maverick... You know, they're military. They're military and military play by the rules. They're supposed to be order, right? Like, you're supposed to, uh, there's a command, a chain of command, and you're supposed to follow that chain of command. Maverick is always going rogue, and, like, you know, I don't know. Like, if I'm someone who's always following the rule, and there's this one jackass who never does and always gets away with it, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> okay, I guess. I mean, he's never really directly worked with uh, Maverick, it seems. Like but he said it right there. It's like, oh, your reputation precedes you. You're like, oh, thank you. It's like, that wasn't a compliment. No, whatever. I don't know. I mean, again, it felt like an antagonist for antagonist's sake, but, you know. No, he he made sense. Like, I mean, everyone in the military seems to hate him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, he definitely... Uh, well, that's the thing. So the script of this movie, in my opinion, isn't that great. Um, like, Certainly better than the original. It's, again, it's very... It calls back to the 80s and it's like we're gonna be cheesy and cornball all over again like that the one thing that was refreshing was that this film wasn't very like ironic and sarcastic like new films are because like everyone does things with like self-awareness and is like poking fun at themselves and that's how like movies like are funny now whereas like there's not cheese ball movies anymore there's no like overtly corny and proud of it things so watching that it was like wow i feel like I'm watching a movie from the 80s in the theater. Like, I just don't see this type of film in this tone anymore. But if someone wasn't fucking talking about Maverick, then someone was antagonizing Maverick or just, like, adding to his... Like, every single scene was about Maverick. Now, I, I mean, know it's called Top Gun Maverick. Is, yeah. <laughs> but you introduce the title. all these people, and most of the time, they're just talking about Maverick. And, I mean, we got Hangman, played by Glenn Powell. We got Bob by Lewis Pullman. Like, we have one sequence where Maverick is there watching, 
but we have one sequence where they're really just allowed to be themselves. Other than that, we don't really get to know them. Wait, what sequence? A football sequence? Uh, well, no, that was like a montage. I'm talking about when they're playing pool. Oh. And they're like talking, and you know, they're like uh, they're kidding with one another, and then the bets are coming off. Like, oh, at the beginning of the film. I yeah. To say, what part is it? Okay. Um, but that's like that's it. You know, what other scenes do we have? And and then it's like when you know the team is picked. The only team I really felt like was going to make it was Phoenix and Bob. Like I didn't really wasn't really like rooting for anyone, you know. And when yeah. and when Hangman, who's the most like maverick, wasn't furthered as a character, I was like, well, then what purpose does he have, you know? So I don't know. It was just I mean, at the end he came through, but it wasn't even like I, it just was kind of there. So, yeah. you know, that kind of script thing didn't really, it was just, but at the same time, I just thought it was like such a fun and action packed movie that in those cases I forgave it. But those are my right. qualms, you know, with the well, script. Okay. I have different qualms with yeah. the casting. Okay. So right off the bat, this cast is a lot more diverse than the original. We even have a female pilot. I think we have two female pilots. I think right? so. But... I need to come up with something new, similar to the Bechdel test, in which it is, are there, do, does this film have minorities in it? Yeah. Do these minorities speak to each other? And more importantly, does the two minorities speaking to each other further the plot? Because we had lots of minority characters here, but at no point did any of them advance the plot. Yeah. I mean, they were not even like they were literal background characters at yeah. times, you know what I mean? I mean, so to be that, fair though, that was a little I noticed that. I'm just saying. Everyone was a background character to, to Maverick at this point. I mean, the only one that kind of got, you know, a boost up was Rooster. And that was at the end. I mean, um yeah, I mean, but, but Rooster, well, Rooster actually had like an actual he had an actual Well, I mean, for that point make Hangman for example, then you know, go out of your way to cast like either a black pilot there or Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, the two you know main I mean? ones are white His, guys, of course, yeah. yeah. Like um, I understand why I mean, you know, uh Goose was white, so like his child has to be white too. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Meg yeah. Meg Ryan <laughs> You know, actress, but like, I don't think she was playing Hispanic in the 80s. Well, so, you know, there were there were a couple scenes that were Maverick as a character made it very clear how much his people mean to him. You know, in the beginning, when he he goes and does the Mach 10 because he wants to make sure that he does it for his team. And then when they're prepping for the mission and they fail, he's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, well, this happened. He's like, tell it to their family. You know, like he's mm. like thinking about the family and the people that you go home to and you have to tell why things fuck up. Like, the, like, like at the end of the day, it's not just about us. It's about other people. Um, and yet there's such like this team mentality. You know, it's like, oh, you wanted a team. There's your team, you know, taking care of people. But that doesn't translate to Tom Cruise, who <laughs> isn't really willing to share as much screen time with his team. Now, of course, he opened the film with this, you know, He's talking to us as the movie. Like, I made this movie for you, and I waited mm -hmm. this long to do it right for you. You know, Tom Cruise does want to come off as, like, someone who cares so much for everybody and stuff. And in a way, I get it. There's, like, that famous uh, tape of him yelling at people because they're violating COVID-19 protocols and putting other people in harm. You know, it does actually really? seem to be, yeah. It does seem There's, to be uh, somewhat of a... Okay concern for him and like other people's well-beings i just wish he was a little bit more gracious with the other actors in this film because we didn't really get to know them yeah uh, i mean i forgive that only because <laughs> the movie is called top gun maverick right it's not top gun goose 
Uh, rooster. No, rooster. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, uh, I understand, and I that's why I forgive it. But at the same time, you you, you could have give them a little bit more screen time. I suppose you could have developed these characters a little more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fine. So we we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, let's start wrapping this up and ask some questions, right? The first okay. question that's a little different. Give me homework. <laughs> well, and we'll do that next week. The first question is actually really different. Um, do you think that this was propaganda? No, I actually don't. I I I thought that going in, this movie was gonna be like one of those like America, fuck yeah, kind of movies. It really wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like glorifying the navy in any any way. Like Transformers is actually more propaganda. Than this one, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I thought it would be. Um, I thought it would be like this whole like recruitment for the military industrial complex, but there weren't like any scenes that felt o- overtly American. And I think American that might be because like forced patri- patriotism. Tra- yeah. I mean, you have to market this internationally, right? So I don't know how much patriotism. Yeah. Pays off in that sense. But do you think there are people who watch this film? And do oh, get yeah. like uh, absolutely. I saw yeah. a uh, what's it called when I was on browsing YouTube doing research for this movie, like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, ben Shapiro is just sucking Tom Cruise's dick <laughs> in his review for this movie. You know, <laughs> so yeah, no. Do conservatives still get a boner for seeing planes and representing America? Of course. No, well, that's not the movie's fault, though. At least I can say that. You know, people can yeah. read whatever they like from a film. Absolutely, um, I, I didn't um, think this movie was particularly. Uh, propagandist right i actually thought this was just a very fun movie that just so happened to take place in the i mean how many times did you see the american flag really yeah you didn't really yeah it didn't have like like, prolonged scenes of someone like staring at a flag Uh uh-huh like like oh we just got it i think the most prominent scene was at the funeral Mm -hmm. uh at iceman's funeral and that's just because that's what they do i've been to military funerals in the past and yeah that's just how it is protocol yeah exactly um you've been to a military funeral I have actually. Yes. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is this movie for? Old people. Old. <laughs> uh, as is we can tell by everyone? the box office statistics. No, yeah, I do think this movie yeah, is for easily for everybody. I was uh, literally in the comic book shop today. What? <laughs> uh, the comic shop today. Just browsing around, and then two guys was like, two just guys was like, yo, have you seen the Top Gun movie, the new one? <laughs> and the dude said, no, but I heard it's so good. Yeah, I've heard, I've overheard a lot. People are excited for this movie, and you wouldn't think that like an older, old school actor would get this many people excited, and yet they are. Like they're know, they're coming Cruise, for it, and Tom it's not Cruise Marvel or people. Disney. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That is a bigger shock. But yeah. Tom Cruise, though, still, I think brings in generally speaking a box office following. Like look at yeah. the, look at the. Mission Impossible movies franchise. Yes, yeah. and this movie did kind of feel like a Mission Impossible movie, but a little um, bit. A little bit. The, I mean, they're not the physical stunts. Yeah, well, the writer that's been working on the last couple of films did write some of the script, so I'm like, I'm sure he came up with that mission. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah We haven't talked about the um, director actually, who Joseph has worked Kaczynski, with him. Yes, who he did. worked with him, Oblivion. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Which I actually saw with Eddie in theaters, and mm. that movie was kind of mediocre. Yeah, which I never movie was saw this? That. Oblivion. Do you remember that someone where Tom Cruise is like uh, mining for water and then he has to fight an alien at the end? Oh my God. I told. Yeah, it was yeah, not yeah. a bad movie, but no, Emily means. Blunt's in this movie, right? Yes. No. No, that's Edge of Tomorrow. Bl- yes, yes. That's Edge of Tomorrow. Now that movie's fantastic. That's Why? a Tom Cruise movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I totally. I, although I, I picture that one more really as an Emily Blunt film. <laughs> I can't think of Oblivion. 
Uh, it had a very beautiful uh, lady opposite him. And I think either Samuel L. Jackson was a bad guy. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Thank you. I never saw it. Um, uh, yeah, I, we saw it in theaters, actually. So I, wow. I remember. And wow. I, I think, it, yeah, I, and I didn't see it per, for, I didn't see this. I didn't see oh, it yeah, for Tom Cruise. We saw it for the sci-fi because it was like an original yeah. sci-fi film. Mm, yes, yes. And it was just Not kind of, uh, it was okay. But in retrospect, like, I think one of the things that this this guy does, he does practical effects very, very well. Uh Compared to like most filmmakers that we see nowadays, right? Like yeah. who are just over reliant on CGI. Yeah. Do you know why studios like Disney are very reliant on CGI though? Because it's cheaper. Have I talked about this on the podcast? It's cheaper. No unions. Mm, oh, there you go. That's oh, it. Walt Disney. That's hated the unions. main reason. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the main reason. Joseph Kaczynski was 12 years old when the original Top Gun comes out. And I heard him on a podcast. He remembers seeing it and stuff. And he kind of was like, I can't believe that 36 years later here I am making this movie. And when I thought about who this movie was for and like, okay, is this fan service? Or is this movie for anyone? And like how similar it, I mean, it's unique because it's not exactly like, you know, regurgitation of the original film. But it is kind of like it's very fan servicey, and there are things that you know calls back, and it is kind of similar in the way it moves along to the original film, just like many others, like Mary Poppins Returns and Ghostbusters Afterlife, things that we've covered. And I've thought about why, in general, we have so many of these films, and I kind of have come up with a theory about where we are as a country right now. And I talked a lot about the Reagan era for the 1986 one, but you know, right mm-hmm. now is a really scary time for this country. I mean, there's such division and and people genuinely hate each other, and there's a lot of violence happening, um, that I feel like movies like this to a, that kind of call back to a simpler America even, or like, you know, like your past, where things weren't as ugly as it is right now, is kind of comforting to watch as a movie viewer. Also, they say, and this is me getting intellectual, I guess, but uh, there's a study that says people who suffer with anxiety prefer re-watching things because of the comfort that it gives them and it lowers <gasps> their anxiety instead of watching something new. You think that's why I'm rewatching Breaking Bad and oh, like exactly. that 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 works for you, babe. Super sore. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, there is this level of comfort with rewatching things, but like almost being closed off to new things. Like it's it's like people who tend to do that might have higher anxiety levels within them. And we all suffer anxiety at some point. So well, you know are what? we in, are we a citizen uh, uh, as a country incredibly anxious? We oh, might yeah, be, huh? you know, that's why I we mean, like watching these things that we've kind of seen before, but we haven't because it's comfortable and because it's safe because we kind of feel unsafe, don't we? Uh-huh. That's my theory. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that kind of tracks along with my theory of like why there have been so many multiverse films as of late, you know, like <laughs> it's just that idea like there's a better version of yeah. ourselves out there that we're not stuck in this hellhole that is oh god how you know, the late really 20s tragic. the, the 2020s you know what i mean yeah uh, no it's really sad yeah but the last question is was this film needed i don't know how what do you feel do you think this film was needed so again i always say that a film was never really needed but I know, so then we may have to reformulate our question. <laughs> yeah. that's we we've been asking this question like for how many years now? Like, three, yeah. It, it I is guess let's rephrase like, it, yeah. All right, how do well, we ask this question? Well, is that if was this film, film was worth needed, it? But... Okay, yeah, that might be worth bad. it. All right. I can't and believe I... we finally came up yeah, <laughs> with a new question. <laughs> was this worth it? Was this worth reviving Top Gun? 
Yeah, yes. I that I will say worth it. Yes. This, there was a payoff at the end here. Like I mm-hmm. think this was a superior, in my opinion, this was a better film than the original one. Completely. Agree. And isn't that like what you want out of a remake or a revival? Right? Yeah, like you or wanted a sequel. to. Yeah, or even a sequel. Yeah, you wanted to ex to give you what made the original one so good, and excel. Yeah. No, I so, I completely agree. You know what I always find funny in movies like these. You know, when they kind of do an ending and they're kind of looking at photos of things that just like happened, right? So, you know, when Rooster is looking at the photos that Maverick has, a collage. I think that, uh, yeah, okay, remind me about the collage. We'll go on. Yeah, yeah. kind of thing. So, there, there's the photo that he lands on um, as he's going through, he lands on, you know, his dad and stuff like that. But the one of, of like the end mission when him and Maverick are, are just like laughing with each other. All I could think about is, Who's the photographer that takes? Yes, these yes, yes, all the time. Who the photographer takes these pictures? I that's, don't know where they it's where such a they nitpick, go. but that's my biggest nitpick. It was like, was there a it's photographer? Like, who is the mysterious photographer that says, "Oh my god, this is a great photo album"? Yeah. Well, that's why. And, yeah. and then he makes sure. Oh, I just want to make sure that you guys this got this photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I notice that a lot in movies when, especially when they use uh, candid photos. And they have them framed because, like, who no, I know no one who has ever framed a candid photo. Usually, it's posed photos only. Seriously. Uh, but, no, the when I saw that early in the film, when we saw, like, that Especially tribute unfiltered to, photos. Yeah, photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we saw that tribute to Rooster. Rooster? Goose. 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 Uh, in the beginning of the movie, we were just like, is he in love with Goose? Because, like, I understand one photo or two, but, like... A whole wall dedicated to Goose. I guess it's yeah. been thirty something years. Bro. Well, thirty something years and still trying to talk to him. That's love. That, that is. Yeah, love. That, that's why it didn't work out with Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and Penny apparently. And Penny, yeah. <laughs> She's finally ready to move on. And well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Iceman texted him. It's time to let go. Like you gotta let go of Goose and move on with your life. So. Mm, the oh gay yeah. Subtext. Last thing. What'd you think of the Lady Gaga song? Oh, it's no. Take my breath away. I think I said that very loudly <laughs> walking out. <laughs> and I think people gave me looks. But it's not. It's not as, it's nowhere near as like earwormy as the original. It's fine. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing I liked was that a film ended with like a tie in song. Like, we don't yeah. really get that anymore. But we I don't. I didn't I've hear been it about as that for a while. Much. I know the score incorporated the song into it, but oh, I, okay. I heard Take My Breath Away a million times in the first one. So by like the end of the movie, I knew the lyrics. I didn't uh-huh. for this one. So. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, know. But I respect that the studios are. I hope that I I do hope that that's a trend that continues. I love. Yes. Yeah, I do too. love a good Let's original song yeah. attached to a movie. Yeah. That's just like. And apparently, Tom cried. Tom Cruise like cried when he heard it. Like, come on, he has oh. to be gay. Like he cried when he heard. I Lady mean, yeah, Gaga he cried. Song. He cried because he met Lady Gaga. Yeah, like he's got to be gay. So. You know. <laughs> but oh, what do you Tom guys Cruise. think? Oh, poor Tom Cruise. I yeah. Oh, that multimillionaire. I feel so bad for him. What do you I, guys think? No, come on. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Before we go, I do. I think it's. I look. He has more money than I will ever probably have. Right, putting it out there, probably. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's still a man's sexuality, and like, especially during Pride, like we shouldn't. I I think as a society, we're too quick to condemn people who are in the closet because it's still their journey at the end of the day. You know what I mean? I'm not condemning him. I'm just saying, I think he is one. I'm not saying how dare you stay in the closet. I'm just saying I, I I'm of the mindset where I'm, I'm sure he is. And I understand why 
uh, mostly mm. men stay in the closet, especially these old school ones, like yeah. why John Travolta still is, because they have that mentality and they think it will ruin their careers. And I think that's more our fault, not their fault. Mm. Yeah, they yeah, feel unsafe, yeah. and that's terrible. But, but what if they're not though? But like they're convinced that like their main demographic, you know, which is more like well, cis yeah, yeah. heterosexual men, won't want to see them in movies anymore. Right. You know, and yeah, it's I'm like just, it okay. shouldn't change your mind that Tom Cruise is as cool as he is because he's gay. You know, and it yeah, sucks I mean, that if he is, he doesn't come out for that reason because he thinks but wait, you can't see him as a leading man anymore. But is Tom Cruise someone we want on our team because like he is a little on the cray side? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know? I, I welcome like, I don't know. anyone. I accept people for who they are, unless the they're... The straights could keep them, in my opinion. Unless you're like Harvey Weinstein or something. I don't accept you. Oh, yeah. But no, no, no. Harvey I'm, Weinstein I'm glad he's standard. on their team. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what a way to kick off Pride by, yeah, you know, happy Pride. <laughs> uh, actually, if you stay this long... Guys, if you're around on in, on Sunday, June 3rd? 4th. 5th. 5th. Wow. Sorry, guys. If you're around Sunday, June 5th, uh, come. You can meet us at... The yes, in Hoboken, Hudson New Jersey. Museum. In yeah, Hoboken, if you're New in the Jersey. tri-state area, of course. That was a terrible plug I just did. I'm sorry, guys. But check us out. All right. Well, I think this was fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, summer movie season has kicked off. We're going to be going to the movies a lot. So I know. That means a lot of Wednesday recordings. <laughs> mm, possibly. I mean, that's if you stop being a cheapskate. But no, absolutely no. not. No way. No <laughs> way. We will not stop I'm being cheapskates. <laughs> How dare you? Well, I mean, the experience will be better. But no, let us know what you guys thought. If you guys saw the new Maverick, and uh, here's a way to check us out. Email us. Our email is remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle is remakesrebootsrevivals. We're on Facebook slash remakesrebootsrevivals. And uh, we also have a hotline, guys. Give us a call, 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. And if you want to check out old episodes of our podcast, follow, uh, go to www.remakesrebootsrevivals.com. Awesome. That was beautiful, Rolando. You didn't even need my help. Yes, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Stay, stay an original. original.